Welcome everybody to part three of our series. Uh, we have been looking at our uh, series in a way that we can look at ourselves for who we are in order to be more of who God wants us to be. So uh, last uh, video, we were able to uh, first attack the monster, the sin of guilt. And uh, we remember that guilt says, I owe you every creating a debt to debtor relationship. And the cure for guilt is confession. So um, today we're going to be studying the uh, heart, the, the monster, I guess, the enemy of the heart that is called anger. Okay, anger. So today, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let me just put my phone on silent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. I pray for your spirit to be with us, that as we continue seeking ourselves, uh, that we can also seek you, Lord. That we, as we look at ourselves and really see what is underneath all of that, I pray that your spirit can continue to convict us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, anger is the second enemy of the heart. The first one is guilt. The second one is anger. What is anger? Anger is basically the result of not getting something that you want. It doesn't matter if what we want is something we deserve or not. Okay? Uh, and, and I'm talking about things that are personal, maybe at home. Maybe you went to church and, you know, somebody didn't shake your hand. Uh, maybe you uh, are one of those people that... Uh, you know, one of your parents left you, etc., etc. And often when you find an angry person, you have found a very hurt person. You can say things like, you took my reputation. You stole my family. You robbed me of my teenage years. You took the best years of my life. You robbed me of my purity. You owe me a raise. You owe me a second chance. You also owe me affection. Whatever it might be, here is the point. The root of anger is the perception that something has been taken. Something is owed. And now, again, like I was saying in the previous video, a debt-to-debtor relationship has been established. Like all of the four enemies of the heart, anger as well is no different. It gains strength from secrecy. Exposing it is painful, but it is also powerful. If you have anger inside, if you if you really look at yourself, if you really look at yourself, you can probably trace it back to a story. So let me ask you a question: What is your story? What is that story that keeps you going back to the same cycle over and over and over again? Maybe that story is that when you were younger, you were bullied. Maybe when you um, were in a relationship that you thought was really going to work out and it eventually did not. Maybe you had your heart broken. Maybe a parent uh, left you. Maybe a spouse left you. It doesn't matter what it is. Therefore, these backgrounds, these stories that you have, you know, it creates a, a certain type of feeling. And therefore, whenever these things come back to mind, you immediately get angry. And therefore, every time that some of these is mentioned or you see a hint of it anywhere, you're immediately triggered. Well, okay, this is something that is human and it's normal. But the problem with all of that is that sometimes we don't realize when we're doing these things. And even though 
we say things like, I am the way that I am because this happened to me, you're basically giving power to your story because you basically have not overcome it. And next thing you know, your story, even though it explains your behavior, it does not excuse it. Even though your story can be hurtful, God can take that story and turn it into something powerful and you can be a witness to that story to somebody else. If you have anger in your heart, then you need to expose your story so that your heart can reach a healthy point. And what if I told you, what if I told you that you could be one story away from a healthy heart? One story away from a healthy heart. The stories that we um, the, the stories that have and can be used in an appropriate way, not as an excuse, but it can also be used as a testimony of God's ability to free us from the past. Our story will no longer explain our behavior. It will actually stand in contrast to it. With anger, you have so many different behaviors and you've prob you probably are thinking already of someone, oh, this is an angry person, this is an angry person, that person is like an angry nun and this person constantly is talking about her ex-husband or this person is constantly talking about their ex-teacher and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you know, angry people in general, they approach life, love and relationships looking to be paid back. Anger says, okay, while guilt says, I owe you, anger, on the other hand, says, you owe me. Guilt says, I owe you, and anger says, you owe me, and it actually doesn't matter who pays. There are generally three responses when you talk about uh, things like anger. You know, you, 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 you hear the different responses, you, you, it goes back to your story. It goes back to your story and the story, you know, it could be a very terrible story. This explains why the way, the way that I am, but God doesn't want to leave you in that place. God wants to heal you. God wants you to be successful. And it goes to show you, my friends, that in guilt, the cure is confession. With anger, the cure, are you ready for this? Is forgiveness. With guilt, the cure is confession. With anger, the cure is forgiveness. There are generally uh, some ways that people talk about forgiveness. Maybe this is something that you have experienced. Maybe you say things like, I ought to forgive, but I can't work up the courage to do it. Maybe you say something like, if I forgave them for what they did, that would be letting them off the hook and that would not be right. Others say, I went through the motions of forgiveness, but those old feelings and memories still keep coming back. So I wonder if I have truly forgiven. Maybe you have experienced these one time or another, you know, and, and we, we, we try to deal with forgiveness as if it was a feeling. And, and, and forgiveness is definitely much more than a feeling. In fact, Paul talks in his letter, in his letter to the Ephesians, by the way, in Ephesians chapter four, in verse 31, where it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let me read that one more time. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now, I want you to notice this is the part that actually, this is the part that I wanted to, when, uh, when, um, when uh, I'm looking at this text, this is the part that stands out to me. Let all bitterness and anger be put away from you. When you look at the original language, it says, get rid of it. Get rid of it as soon as possible. Ever been on a Sabbath walk? You know, you, you go to church, you uh, have your potluck that, uh, you know, consists of, you know, some rice, some beans, and like 20 desserts. And then you go out for a good walk to, you know, help with digestion like a good Adventist person that you are. You know, let's say you're walking through nature. You're walking through nature and then, you know, you're just, hey, it's, it's really nice to be able to bask in God's nature, right? It's awesome. All of a sudden you're walking and then you kind of feel something in your face. You know, you walk into a spider web. All right. What do you do? Do you just keep on walking like nothing ever happened? Or do you just... I need to get rid of that as soon as possible. Before, I don't know, before it stings me, before it does something that I don't want it to do. Well, this verse is actually kind of implying the same thing. It is implying the same thing because this right here is what Paul is telling us to do that before that anger harbors and grows in your heart, get rid of it because you already know that's going to have a negative effect in your in your in your in your inner being. And so because of that, you know, God tells us to get rid of all these things for Paul. God reminds us that there is no room for that in a Christian heart. In fact, forgiveness is something that we often don't do simply because we don't really understand what it all entails. Forgiveness is something, my friends, that God demonstrates through his son Jesus so that we can experience it. And therefore, we're actually able to be a success with it. I've been I've been in Florida here for about two plus years, and Florida is known for its hurricanes. It's known for its heat. It's known for its humidity. It's known for also all of these wild little animals that um, that actually surprise you from time to time. When we moved to Florida, my wife and I—I I remember she was still pregnant with our first son. When we moved to Florida, I remember my wife was out. She was running errands and I stayed in the house trying to unpack. And then I opened the door, you know, just trying to get some stuff out. And before I knew it, I actually walked inside and I noticed that there was a big coiled up black snake inside of my house. Oh my goodness, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I was like, what is this snake doing here? So like a good husband, you know what I did? I actually 
locked the snake inside the house and I left a little note for my wife and I said, honey, there's a snake in our house. Do not go in. Okay. Hey, a good husband warns his wife, right? No, I'm kidding. That actually did not happen. And you're thinking, obviously, as I'm telling the story that this is pretty ridiculous, right? How could you let a snake in and just let it live there? No. Anybody that has a snake in their house, I don't know, unless it's in this, unless it's it's behind glass, you do not let a loose snake inside your house. I mean, honestly, like who does that? If you, okay, if you want that snake out, you call the exterminator, you call, I don't know, the reptile guy, I don't even know what they're called, but you try to get that snake out as soon as possible. At least, the least you can do is let the door open so that the snake can eventually make its way out. But how many times do we have and do we just let snakes into our hearts and we just let them live there? Like, it's okay. Like, seriously, who does that? I'm here to tell you, my friends, that God wants to free us. God wants to free us. If you're having guilt, then confess to somebody. If you're having anger, then you need to forgive. You need to forgive that person. And you need to understand that forgiveness is not necessarily a feeling. Forgiveness is simply a choice. It's a choice that you make. We cannot let these things live inside of our hearts because we are constantly, my friends, works in progress. And we need to be careful what we let in in the first place. We need to know that whenever we let in by the things that we listen to, by the things that we experience, by the things that we watch, all of these snakes, they come crawling inside of our hearts. And if we don't get rid of them as soon as possible, they're going to lay eggs and it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger. Next thing you know, one snake leads to the other. And next thing you know, that snake is going to lead to another. Next thing you know, you have a whole family because you never were able to deal with your issue. So I'm here to tell you that true forgiveness is what really gets rid of that anger. Now, do you know what true forgiveness is? I'm glad you asked. We'll talk about that in the next video. See you there.